ghoulish greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes you just heard are, as always, courtesy of the amazing country legend, Bobby Mackey, and I am, of course, your host, Tessa Morrow. During late 1953 and into 1954, the town of Bladenboro, North Carolina, experienced a string of these mysterious, bizarre deaths involving several animals, from dogs to pigs to rabbits. Bladenboro is a sweet, small town that's basically just surrounded by swamps and forests and what have you. Now, some thought that a large wildcat was the culprit. But let's face it, the damage is so severe. In some cases, the furry victim would be crushed to death, while others were cleanly decapitated. So, a large cat seems unlikely, in my opinion. Now, the first death, believed to be from the beast, takes place a few miles from Bladenboro on December 29th, 1953, when a dog is killed. One eyewitness described the killer as sleek, black, and five foot long. Another witness described the beast as four and a half foot long, rather bushy, and resembled that of a bear or a panther. Happy New Year! December 31st. It's a day that's celebrated by most. Out with the old and in with the new kind of thing. Resolutions here, celebrations there, get-togethers, holiday rituals, welcoming a new year. For Johnny, a local, none of this mattered. He was not celebrating. He was mourning the loss of his two beloved family dogs. And no, it wasn't from old age. They were brutally slaughtered. The distraught man said this about his sweet dogs. They were torn into ribbons and crushed. He describes the scene further. And let me warn you, this gets pretty graphic. He said this. My dogs, they put up a good fight. There was blood all over the porch, big puddles of it. And there was this pool of saliva on the porch. It killed one dog at 1030 and left it lying there. My dad wrapped the dog up in a blanket. That thing came back and got that dog and nobody has seen it since. And at 1.30 in the morning, it came back and killed the other dog and took it off. We found it three days later in a hedgerow. The top of one of the dog's heads was torn completely off, and its body was crushed and wet like it had been in that thing's mouth. The other dog's lower jaw was torn off. The beast does not take a break, as the very next day, yes, New Year's Day, he strikes again, this time at a Bladenboro farm. Two more dogs, ruthlessly snuffed out. On the second day of January, a farmer reports that his dog was killed. And on the third day of January, making it the fourth day in a row of slaughter and bloodbath, two more dogs' lives are claimed. An autopsy is conducted on one of the dogs. And in the report, it mentions, quote, there wasn't more than two or three drops of blood in him. The victim's bottom lip had been broken open, and his jawbone smashed back, unquote. That same day, a hunt by the authorities and locals was conducted around the swamp. They discovered large prints with the claw being over an inch long. And January 5th, 
a local's pet rabbit is found cleanly decapitated and still warm to the touch. That same day, eyewitnesses saw a dog get attacked. And this rogue beast was busy as it also had an encounter with a human. A newspaper reports on the attack. A large marauding cat that has killed and sucked the blood of at least seven dogs charged a woman here tonight, but turned and fled back into the swamp when she screamed, and her husband rushed onto the scene. Police Chief Roy Fors said the animal charged into the yard of Mrs. C.E. Kinlaw when she went out onto her front porch to investigate whimpering dogs in the street. After the incident occurred, the armed posse that went out tonight to track down and kill the vampire swelled to some 500 people and scores of dogs. Mrs. Kinlaw, who lives in the Mill Village near Bladenboro Mills on Highway 211, one mile west of here, said she heard the dogs whimpering early tonight and she went out to investigate. Near the dog, she said what looked like a big mountain lion. It raced from three doors down the dirt street in front of her house to a few feet from her porch, then turned back when she screamed and her husband rushed out of the house, she said. A neighbor also came to her aid. Chief Forrest said tracks in the dirt road in front of the Kinlaw home were bigger than a silver dollar. A search party from Wilmington, which tracked the animal last night as it moved in a three-mile circle along the edges of swampy areas, found tracks which revealed claws. Now, as the article mentions, over 500 participate in the search for this beast. The next day, that being January 6th, another hunt for the beast is conducted. This time, over 800 are involved. They do an extensive search on land, the forest, the swamp, but nothing of interest is really found. Now, the following day, on the 7th, a dog is found deceased in the Bladenboro Swamp. That same day, a goat is also found slaughtered. Its head was completely flattened. Another hunt takes place. This time, around 1,000 people come to help. They have had enough. They want their safe community back. Well, they want it to be safe once again for human and animal. They were sick and tired of the bloodbath and they were worried if their furry beloved family member would be next. And I can't blame them. Now, on the 11th of January, cars stopped due to a mysterious beast walking around the road. A couple days later, a local farmer finds a bobcat in a steel trap and kills it. The mayor spreads the word that the beast has been contained and killed and no need to worry anymore. Sounds kind of like the mayor and Jaws. I have me doubts. <laughs> How about you? Well, many, they too have doubts. They call bullshit, saying that the decapitations and being flattened like a pancake could not come from a bobcat. Soon, other people start calling in saying that they themselves had killed the beast. One person saying that they killed something that resembled a leopard. The beast of Bladenboro must have read the papers and came back with the damn vengeance. Dead? Pfft, far from it. On January 15th, a farm is hit, and it's a straight-up massacre. Five pigs and three chickens slaughtered. Their skulls were crushed. Three of the five pigs that died had their legs ripped right off. No blood was found in the bodies, leaving a very vampiric vibe in the terrified community. A day after the farm bloodbath, another dog is killed. 
So I must ask, who is the beast of Bladenboro? Depending on who you believe, it could either be a coyote And I just have to interrupt real quick and say I recorded those sounds myself when I was in Arizona visiting my aunt and uncle. And yeah, they were pretty close. The sounds don't do justice, but there you go. So anyways, it could have been a coyote or a mountain lion. A bear. A panther. A wolverine. A vampire. The possibilities are basically endless. We may never know the true identity of the beast, but in a world full of Hopelick Monster, Mothman, Jersey Devil, the Beast of Bray Road, did episodes on all of those, and so many other creatures, anything is possible, my friends. Now, you know, I found two different articles where they try to give the community a sense of hope and safety. One is titled Fallen Beast of Bladenboro. Citizens cheer bobcat killing. And the article reads, residents of this little town rested easier tonight in the belief that the notorious vampire beast of Bladenboro is dead. If so, the vampire charged with killing eight dogs and sucking their blood was an oversized and hungry bobcat, not uncommon in this area. Such an animal was trapped and killed this morning by Luther Davis of Bladenboro, Route 2. A male, the bobcat weighed in at 25 pounds and was so scrappy in the trap, Davis had to shoot it. The cat was caught and killed near Davis's home, about three miles from Bladenboro, in a big swamp on the Elizabethtown Lumberton Highway, near the place where six motorists said they were halted by the vampire Monday. The bobcat's description tallies with that of the marauder, except for one important detail. It has a stub tail. The most reliable previous descriptions of the animal that caused the reign of terror here said it had a tail about 20 inches long. Tracks of the cat killed by Davis measured one and three quarters inches, the same size of the prince at scenes where the vampire ripped the jugular vein of dogs. Large crowds turned out to get a look at the fallen beast of Ladenboro when Davis brought his bobcat to town. Okay, so if I were alive back then, I'm an 80s baby, and a citizen, I would read that paper and have major confusion. I wouldn't feel good about this at all. How can a 25-pound wildcat, or any animal for that matter, decapitate, flatten, squash and other major damage to animals, including rip the limbs off pigs. I mean, remember, even a goat was a victim. Goats are good sizes. My mom has them as pets, has had them for years. They're, they could be pretty big, and I'm sure this wasn't like a little baby pygmy goat. And furthermore, the most credible accounts said the beast they saw attacking animals had a long tail, about 20 inches long. That's a hell of a decent-sized tail. Bobcats, they're beautiful, amazing creatures. I saw one in the wild by La Vida, Colorado several, several years ago, and I've never forgotten its grace and beauty. Gorgeous creatures indeed, but majorly they lack a tail. So I don't know. There's just so many holes in that newspaper article alone. And you know, more deaths take place. Another article 
titled Beast of Ladenborough, Scare Ends in Death of Large Dog. A dog. So it says this. A short-lived beast of Ladenborough, Scare, in Robeson County apparently ended yesterday afternoon with the death of a large stray mongrel dog, which was killed about one mile from the scene where five hogs were mysteriously mutilated and killed Tuesday night. County dog warden Carol Freeman called in to investigate the strange killing of five hogs on a K.M. Biggs tenant farm Tuesday night, reported later Tuesday that the dog found in the neighborhood was most probably responsible for killing the shoals. The dog's owner could not immediately be located since the animal carried no identification tags. It weighed 65 pounds and apparently was a cross between shepherd and collie. The animal's feet were not compared to four-inch spores found around the farm, but Freeman said he thought they were large enough to be the same. Hmm, good investigating. Oh, sorry, that was my little note there. Anyways, tracks leading away from the farm were in the direction the dog was slain. Marvin McLam, who lives on the farm where the pigs were killed, also reported the death of three chickens. He said they were taken from roost in a tree, and then killed. The dog warden didn't attempt to explain how a dog could be responsible. So again, this is just another thing where it's like not much investigating has taken place. Oh, um, I'm not going to measure the foot size, but it looks like it could maybe be the same. And it's probably the culprit. Meanwhile, Joe Blow's at home waiting for his German shepherd to come back home. Sorry, buddy, it's not going to happen. Who knows if the mystery will ever be solved? Probably not. These days, the Beast of Blanenborough is celebrated, sort of. In fact, the town just celebrated their 15th annual Beast Fest in Bladenboro not too long ago, October 28th and 29th. This year, they had trunk or treat, arts and crafts vendors, a car show, a bike show, a cornhole tournament, and a costume contest. Sounds like a great time. The Beast of Bladenborough may be gone, but my friends, he is certainly not forgotten. But I think it's safe to say that people's animals out there are just a little bit safer now than they were in the 50s. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others, they're equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? Well, there's no need to cry or pout. Just head on over to any of those awesome podcast platforms such as Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Deezer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you may roam to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Gonzales, Texas. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Delton, Michigan, Gateshead, England, and Litchfield, Connecticut. You all are absolutely appreciated. Do you have a story of your very own to share? Maybe a local haunt you'd like to hear in a future episode? Feel free to email me at paraprowl at gmail.com or you can message me on my Paranormal Prowlers podcast Facebook page. Too shy to be on? I could either change your voice, you could stay anonymous, or you could write your things down and I would happily read it for you. Thanks everybody, and we will see you next week. The Beast.